2: This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino. San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. For breaking news updates and video coverage of the Padres, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 97.3 The Fan. KWFN and KWFN HD1 San Diego. Put a bow on your workday by listening to Gwen and Chris. weekdays from 2 to 6 on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Is everybody
3: home on a Wednesday I think it's Wednesday
4: playoff day playoff
3: day it's all running together and uh, I did want to take a a moment though to stop down to recognize uh, well the uh, passing of Ben's first crush Angela (laughs) Lansbury uh, joined um, went on to the next plane uh, 98 years 98 old, I think. Years yes, old. years old. You tip your cap, right?
5: My, my mom is here watching. She can attest that I, I never missed Murder, She Wrote. It was one of my absolute favorite shows. Like
3: I said, your so, first crush. Now, she was, when that show was on, she was had to be in her 60s, right? At least, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah.
5: Jessica Fletcher. Jessica Mystery Fletcher. Mystery writer it's in Cabot Cove,
3: Maine. Yeah, great solving, show. Solving,
1: I
5: mean, there's like 40 people in the town. Yet someone got murder murdered every, every, every week. single week in that town. Highest crime rate in America. Ah, uh, the most violent crime you've ever seen. It's absolutely insane that someone died every week in that tiny little town in Maine, and she had to solve the crime every single week. But I did love that show. She was fantastic. Uh, Frank, could you do the honors uh, for Angela Lansbury for us?
1: This is BBC News. We're interrupting our schedules for the following announcement. Buckingham Palace has announced the death of Her Majesty.
3: It's a you know my rule about uh, death in general. Like if you're over 80 80 really 85 it's like a, hey tip my hat to you. I'm not going to get overly sad about somebody in right. their it's not, a, it's it's not, not a a like you know but they weren't yeah. taken too soon. When no. I tell you somebody
2: like that passed away your reaction is not oh my god what happened yeah yeah it's it's, oh man bummer damn it
3: like i can't believe you know the first woman ben ever fantasized about is gone
5: (laughs) i you know what i saw a story that uh just made me smile I hate making fun of you in front of your mom she's giving me
3: disapproving (laughs) glances and
5: i'm i'm just
3: having fun so
5: if you remember watching cbs nfl and cbs football on sundays of course uh, Pat Summerall and John Madden <laughs> would always promote what was coming on, and that was Sunday night show. And Pat Summerall, they used to have a bit, apparently, that no one knew about, just the two of them. Pat Summerall would read the promo for tonight. You know, Jessica investigates the, the murder of whatever, and uh, it's coming up CBS 8 o'clock on murder, and then he would pause. And he would pause for, like, several seconds and say, She wrote. And apparently, this was an in-joke between the two of them, Pat Summerall would see how long he could make the pause between murder she wrote I love every Sunday I on mean, the NFL broadcast.
3: And, there, you know, obviously there's still no bigger program than Sunday football, but that back in the day, you know, Pat Summerall and, and John Madden, I mean it had almost every eye uh, every eye in America. And here those guys are doing bits like uh like we do. Yes. They were doing bits on the like air. Don and Mud. Like Don and Mudd, it's there. like it are filming the time. They're just having fun. You do get bored sometimes. You need to find ways to entertain Pat, yourself.
5: Pat Summerall was the most understated broadcaster. He was right? one of my I favorites. Mean, I'd met him
3: a few times. He was
5: so kind.
3: Complaint. So kind.
5: Over the Aikman. Irvin. Yeah, so good. 25 yards. I mean, he said very little during the broadcast.
3: Well, there's a story that I saw this morning I wanted to share with you guys about Angela Lansbury. And it, you want to talk about making your skin crawl and blowing your mind. Uh, Angela Lansbury told a story about her daughter falling under the spell of a Hollywood deadbeat. He would pick the girl up from school and get her to steal money and food from her parents for him. Worried, Lansbury moved the entire family to Ireland. That guy was Charles Manson. Charles Manson. She did an interview in 1985, and uh, somebody was responding. It was her daughter, Deirdre. And uh, so she did an interview in 85. She got choked up. She couldn't finish with uh, Barbara Walters. And she said, um, my kids were really heavily involved in the L.A. drug scene. And it was everywhere. It was the 80s. I mean, everybody was doing drugs and... Charles Manson, back uh, previously before that, he had said, "In, in um, he had said, no better pigeons than the children of stars." Dennis Wilson ended up losing a lot more than money. Uh, so yeah, he was like preying on people, and her daughter was one of them. And she realized that, moved to Ireland, moved to the countryside, away from that whole scene, and probably saved their lives. So just a crazy, crazy, creepy story.
5: Yeah, um so I kind of kind of sad that it was definitely one of my favorites for sure. I'm yeah. not I'm not kidding about that. I love that show. That it was, was really a good, good.
3: show. Uh, do you think it it holds up today?
5: I think it kind of does. I mean, you know, every show that doesn't have cell, you know, cell phones and you can google things nowadays doesn't quite hold up, but I know it was good, you know. It was just intelligent it was intelligent 60-minute drama on uh, on network television. I wonder. We didn't have a bunch of choices back then. Yeah, you really kind of watched what you they didn't, gave you, you didn't man. Have, you, you really you couldn't, did. You couldn't fast forward. You couldn't DVR things. No. Uh, you just pretty much had to watch what it was on, when it was on. And or you, you lived with it. Yeah, or you that's, didn't. That's it's, it. It's just, that's how it was back wow. in the day. Rest
3: in uh, peace, Angela Lansbury. Shout out to her family. Shout out to her family.
5: All right, uh, Padres uh, continue their playoff series against the Dodgers. We are here live all day here at Alesmith Brewing Company off Miramar Road. If you are going to head out, uh, you come out. If you're going east from the 805, it's the first signal past the pyramid. You turn left, you roll right into Alesmith. It is an unbelievable tasting room. Uh, We were here last Friday. Great crowd. I love the – we got people here this morning. It's amazing. Thank you guys for
3: coming out. Yeah,
5: it is a little quieter. But, um, hey, there's still plenty of time. Coach John Quintero. Gwen and Chris broadcast will be here today leading into uh, Sam's pregame show at 437. Sammy's going to be with us from Los Angeles at the bottom of the hour, get his thoughts on uh, game one and the scene up there from yesterday uh, a little bit later this hour. But, uh, yeah, just come on out. Uh, We've been giving away some gift cards, uh, got different ones each hour. And if you are here in our 930 segment, we are going to be giving away an autographed Will Myers baseball bat uh, that we got sitting right here. But you have to be here in our nine thirty segment to win that one, so come on out uh, if you're on your way to work, whatever. If you give be in the area, that's a, that's yeah. a real bat, it's real that's bat. not yeah. Some souvenir, yeah. Or, no, that's dope. Like o- tiny, authentic bat, bat, autographed by Will Myers. Uh, so come on out, and we'll have uh, more bats to give away in each show uh, through the rest of the day.
3: Let's talk about the lineup rejiggering, if you would. Okay, uh, yeah, be you, amenable brought, it, to you that. brought
5: it up with, with Adam Jones, and I'm, I, I mean, I get that the I, you know. The, the instinct to change something when you lose is pretty powerful. Sure, But this is still baseball, and rarely does one loss cause you to rethink your strategy sure. on something. It's not as though the Padres are on a six-game losing streak, and a bunch of guys are in a slump, and you need to do something different. I like the Padres lineup. I don't think Bob Melvin should change anything, really, for tonight. They're going up against a lefty again. I would probably roll out the same lineup today. And I don't think that's crazy. That's not the old, hey, we put out the same lineup, expect the same results sort of thing. You put that lineup out there because you believed it was your best chance to win. I don't think anything has changed from yesterday to today that would make a different lineup, a better lineup for the San Diego Padres.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's certainly worth considering. I, I don't know. I mean... Juan Soto's got to get going, and I don't know how you get a guy like that going. I really don't. Uh, obviously, he has such a keen eye, and I think his keen eye sometimes prohibits him from just recognizing fastball and just pounding it. You don't have to pull everything. You don't have to hit everything out of the yard. You can go opposite field, hit a double into the gap, whatever. What would you, what would you think about putting him in the leadoff spot? Because his eye is so good. It's so good. And I know Profar has had—he's done a really, really good job. He did—he did a great job in the Mets series. Um, you know, again, ninety-three down the middle last night, first pitch, and he ambushed it, and I love that. But he missed it. If there's—if
5: there's one change I would consider. It might be with Soto, yeah. and it might be putting him in the leadoff spot. Because Kershaw I, does
3: not want to walk him to get it started. He I, just doesn't. Like he's re- got to come The to reason
5: him. you wouldn't put him there is because you'd worry that you're losing the extra but base he's power. He's not but giving he, us any. He hasn't been he's, hitting for extra bases, and that's not just not. yesterday. That's been for weeks. He's not, a slu- he's not slugging. He's not. So he's not hitting doubles. It, it might be wiser he's to not put him R- in the leadoff spot. He's I, not an RBI guy right now. Like I, I mean, it's weird to go lefty-lefty right off the top there against Kershaw. Who would be your
3: second lefty then?
5: I mean, just lefty versus lefty to lead off the game as opposed to a switch hitter or a right hander. You know, usually when it's a lefty out there, Hassan Kim had been leading off. Now, Bob Melvin didn't do that yesterday. Yeah, he did not do that yesterday. He stuck with Jurix and Profar. In a way, he did make a change. He kind of did. Without really making a change. That's a good point. And
3: I wonder if you'll see something different today. So you
5: could go to Hassan Kim, you could go to Juan Soto. I'll be interested to see if there are any even tweaks in the lineup for uh, for game two tonight.
3: Yeah, and I, I think uh, – I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility that you could do something like that. And, and who knows? It just might work. I mean, is there, is there a better – like? I mean, Mookie Betts is, is obviously the guy you want up there, the guy that can knock it out of the ballpark, has speed and everything else. But Juan Soto 's not giving you – Power. He's not giving you slug right now, so maybe you, you try something new. I bet they won't, but it's just something to kick around. We if got four. You, if you hours got some thoughts fill.
5: on the lineup, give us a call, 833-288-0973. Uh, we can probably get some calls in here in a couple of minutes. But right now we're sitting in this gorgeous tasting room at Alesmith, and we're joined right now by the founder the legend in the San Diego brewing community, <laughs> uh, Peter Zion. Zion, right? That's the right. pr- yep. Pronunciation, Woo! right? Thank you. Uh, is with us here. Thank you for hosting us.
4: Of course. Hi. Thanks this, for being here. We love this having is you guys here. Our pleasure. Uh,
5: you know, my wife and I used to come out back in the day, uh, the, the original tasting room, A
4: little bit different.
5: A little bit different. A little bit different what you've got here. This, I mean, tell us a little bit about, though, this this facility. It's been open, what, nine years
4: now? Well, yeah, we're a a 27-year-old company. We moved here in 2014. And, uh, yeah, you're sitting in 109,656 square feet. When you pay for it by the foot, you remember every one of them. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, And uh, it's the largest tasting room in in California for beer. Uh, It seats 880 people on mezzanine upstairs, a a tasting room, and then uh, outdoor patio. And we encourage you to come down here, and it's easy to find because it's off Ailsmith Court across the street, Miramar Road.
5: That was convenience that yeah, yeah. you <laughs> built, and the street was Isn't named Ailsmith Who knew how that who worked? worked, how yeah. that worked. Yeah.
3: Uh, I saw a video of this place last Friday after uh, our buddy M. Peter Edelson who set this up for us. Uh, from up there down to here, place was going bananas for our San Diego Padres. Oh, it's Padres. been amazing. And yeah. uh, what, a, what a run. we got to keep this thing going. Uh, tell us about the 394, though. That's what everybody yeah, always well, wants to talk about. Yeah. yeah,
4: well, okay, so that's just you know the high honor of my career sure. uh, to brew with Tony Gwynn. And uh, it, it all started back in 07. I met an attorney while I was pouring beer at a function. And uh, fast forward to the spring of 2014, he calls me. I have a high-profile sports figure who wants to make his own beer. And you want to guess who it is? I said, oh, San Diego. It's gonna kind of a short list. I'm yeah. gonna say Dave Winfield, Philip Rivers, Tony Gwynn. Ah, there it is. And uh, 48 hours later, I'm ringing the doorbell with my wife uh, at the Gwynn household out in Poway, and uh, the door swings open, and there's Alicia and Anisha. They welcome us for a half hour. No Tony. Uh, and I look back now; that was an interview. You know, we were we, we were being interviewed by Alicia, and I guess we got the okay because she told Anisha, her daughter go get tea. And around, around the bend comes this mountain of a man with that smile and that voice. And he made us feel so welcome. And uh, so for the next hour, I poured beers. We had an extra pale ale we made at the time called X, our IPA, our nut brown. And then we had a Belgian beer called Horny Devil. I wanted to see what he liked. He didn't really like any of them. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't until I blended the extra pale ale and the IPA in a single glass. He said, now we're getting somewhere. I like that. That citrus thing, you know. He, I, he goes, I don't know the words. I know you're a you're a big, you know, beer judge. I'm I'm a baseball player. I said, you yeah, know, tell me what you like. That's yeah. it. Well, you know? good? Yeah. And so we started working on a uh, prototype for 394. On our third attempt in uh, early spring of 2014, we brought him what is now known as 394, uh, toasty biscuity malt up front no bitterness. He really didn't like bitterness, but he liked the hop character. Bitterness comes from those hops. So we have to do some procedural things to reduce the bitterness and give you that big hop uh, presence in it, which is that citrus, tangerine, orange, mango kind of thing going on. And he uh, he fell in love with it. Uh, We released the beer on June 6th, 2014, and we all lost Tony on June 16th, uh, 2014, 10 days later. Mm. Uh, morning after father 's day he was drinking our beer that night with Anisha telling him how, telling her how proud he was that this beer was out there and that they did it and uh, uh, you know he passed uh, later that evening. Uh, we called uh, Alicia the next day to give her our condolences, of course, and said, "What do I do with this beer? You tell me right um, does it go away?" She said, "Oh, absolutely not and in her words, she said, "Tony wanted this beer everywhere and anywhere for the people of San Diego." And uh, we promised her, you know, with a tear in my eye, that uh, every every time we brew this beer, we'll put our passion and our soul into this, and we are going to represent represent it, you. And it's uh, one of
3: my favorite things is, uh, you know, when a game, game is game. going on and everyone's tweeting, you know, they're you know, I had all them watching the game, they're tweeting us, and it's yeah. it's like 95 percent of the time, it's 394. Obviously, yeah.
5: the name Peter is uh, 394 was his highest batting average mm-hmm. there in 1994, the strike-shortened season. How did you guys decide on that? As opposed, I'm sure there oh, were probably some question. other candidates. Yeah.
4: So the, on that very first meeting, we, we made a list, and we still have that list. It, it's uh, filmed in a documentary. You, you'll see that list of the names. We came up with all sorts of them. Um, the funniest one probably was Punch and Judy because the Hall of Famers, like Kingman and those dudes, would tease Tony, you're Punch and Judy, because you're, you're knocking yep. it through that 5-5 five, five hole. Uh, but uh, 394, you know, it really it came to me in the middle of the night. It's funny, and my wife— can attest to this i i woke up at 3 a.m and i said paper pen paper pen pen." (laughs) um san diego pale ale 394 it was just like you know there in lights i said there it is tony's name with the city of san diego and his uh lifetime achievement there and uh it it caught on like fire it went from five percent of what we did here (laughs) to 10 to 20 to 40 at, at 1.3 quarters of what we did, <laughs> and, and now we have it under control at around 65% of what we do. But this beer uh, has just been amazing for us. And maybe the best part is uh, the synergy between the Gwynn family and Alesmith and, and myself personally. We, we really feel part of the family. And the museum is incredible. Oh, yeah. Incredible if you haven't come you here haven't to the brewery, through, we guys. Have, yeah. there's over 300 items from Tony's career here. Uh, many of them will end up in Cooperstown, but they're here now, and uh, you can come see them for free. And then he can walk out of that museum and go up to the bar and order a beer that, that Tony helped make. And some people think it's a tribute beer. We made it for him. But no, you have to know that Tony made this with us. He, he His input is directly in this recipe. And, uh, you know, I'll I'll never forget uh, those short months. A brewery not known for doing things very quickly did everything timely, and, and we made this happen for Tony. And a lot of people say it's his last hit
5: oh man that's awesome yeah, everyone's peter, getting emotional that's a great story uh, appreciate you hosting us out here and all the tier oh, ones. anytime so guys. much fun thank you so much man
4: you got it peter appreciate zion it. founder AleSmith
5: smith brewing company and the 394 san diego pale ale 394 uh here off miramar road come stop by have a pint in honor of tony Gwynn. he would love that mm-hmm. you know he was drinking it the night the night before Right there just that he make, passed. Cut onions I know. I, so I like, know. I God. know. Kind of, kind of emotional it is. All right. Again, <laughs> uh, phone lines are open. 833-288-0973. Would you make any lineup changes uh, going forward just for game two of this series tonight with Hugh Darvish going up against Clayton Kershaw? Uh, Sam Levitt will join us from L.A. at the bottom of the hour. Stick around. We'll be right back after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,
5: Get at the heart of the NFL with the In the Huddle podcast. It's former offensive lineman Brian Baldinger and NFL insider Jason lachon up uh, I'll take you around the league, give you the inside scoop on storylines, into the matchups to determine who wins and who loses. New episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Follow In the Huddle on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Live here at Alesmith Brewing Company, uh, just throughout the phone lines, and the question right now is, would you make any lineup changes? Uh, going up against another lefty. There's really no necessarily reason to, other than you feel like there's a better way to win the game. Eight three three two eight eight zero ninety seven three. Woods threw out, maybe moving Juan Soto to the leadoff spot. I thought that wasn't a, a bad call, even though I'm inclined just to keep everything as it is. Or you can go back to you know Hasan Kim leading off of, as you've done against lefties uh, for the last couple of months. Let's go out to the phones. We got AJ up in Temecula joining us. AJ, good morning. Welcome to Ben and Woods on ninety seven three The Fan.
3: Morning, guys. How's it going? Good, man. How are you?
2: Good, good. So, uh, uh, as the lineup, uh, I tonight I would ha- I would have Kim in that leadoff spot. Just just the at bats he's been putting together and getting him on the base pass, he seems to good make idea. things happen. And uh, also, I noticed we the trio of Bell, Myers, and Drury. It would really be nice to have all three of those guys in the lineup. And the only place I could see that happening is sacrificing so far and putting Will out and left. But I don't think they'd do that. Um, But it's just been frustrating not – I mean, last night I thought uh, that pinch hit. I I thought Drury had some great at bats against Urias, and I just hated pulling him there.
3: And –
4: well, but it wasn't Arias. What they
3: to do. Yeah, it wasn't Arias at that point when they pulled him. And if it was, I think no. he would have stayed in. Um, no, he I was. Agree. He, he, I, 0 I for 5. Off, oh, yeah, 0 for 5 off of Phillips. And again, I mean, it's 0 for 5. It's the playoffs. Who really cares? You know, Trent Grisham is batting yeah. 150 before we got to the playoffs. Now he's hitting 500. So it's yeah, I think it's about feel, it's about gut. And I do feel like, man, yeah, here's what, what happens. If Drury goes down swinging there, right, or hits into a double play, which also is very likely. Like, it sucked that Josh Bell struck out, but it sure was better than a double play. Like, I'll take a K over DP yeah. any day. I think everybody would. If Drury goes down swinging there or grounds in double play, what is the first thing we say? Why isn't Bell pinch hitting? He's right there. He's a switch hitter. He just took Max Scherzer deep. What are we thinking here,
5: Bob? I'm intrigued by A.J.'s idea, and Jerickson Profar has been such a key member of this team and has been in the lineup essentially every day, one of the guys who never gets benched. And he had a great series against the Mets. He went uh, four for 12 with a home run, four runs batted in, three runs scored, a couple of walks. I mean, he was very key. In that series, but that was almost all against righties. I think he had one hit as a right-hander against a lefty, but he's been pretty locked in on the left side of yep. the plate. You could yeah. at least start the game with Jurickson Profar ready to come in as soon as, you know, Kershaw's out, just like Josh Bell did yesterday, but go with Will. In left field for a little more right-handed lineup, and have you know, like Bell yeah. was yesterday, Jurickson's your guy who comes in as the switch hitter. Your, your your option off the bench later in the game. I mean,
3: I, I okay. I mean, it's, just it's a thought. It's a I, thought. Absolutely, I'm not. I'm not. Let me allow me to retort, oh, re- please. Retort. <laughs> so,
5: and AJ, thank you for the call. Thanks
3: for g- good ideas for to be sure, but. I mean, this ain't adult ball. Like, hey, you're here on time. Get out there and grab some left field, Will. You know, Will we'll can play multiple positions. But, um, man, doesn't you, Darvish, deserve the absolute best defense behind him as well? Profar made a staggeringly great catch again uh, last night. He is a guy that, I mean, uh, spring training, we're all talking to A.J. Preller and Ben says, what are you going to do about your gaping hole in left field? I said the same thing. We all <laughs> felt that way. That hole could not be less gaping. He has done an incredible job, incredible in left field, offensively, defensively. I, it's hard to take a switch hitter out of the lineup, right, and especially a guy that's done so well. But you're right, man, if you're going to play matchups, let's load it with righties. I just – the defense is – it's going to make me mental against the Dodgers if we give away another run. Another, we gave them one last night. It will make me mental if, a, if Will misplays the ball – Goes over his head. Trey Turner's now standing on uh, the Even up third. good
5: defenders will can make mistakes, like Will did. He's been fantastic at first base. He booted one last night, though. He booted one last first. Night. But, I mean, he's been your best defensive option at first base. He made so many great plays in the Mets series. Even good players can blow up so every once in a while. So
3: you would do Myers in left. I don't think I would. Drury
5: at first. That was AJ's suggestion. Jury at first, I, or I, Bell at first. I think it's cliche, but I think you you have to dance with the date you brought to the date. Yeah, I think Pro the guy. The Padres have won 91 games up to this point, going with a fairly consistent lineup out there. And I, I don't think you change after a five to three loss to the to the best team in baseball. <laughs> no I, I just don't. I don't think you make wholesale or big changes after a close loss. You you go and try it again with those guys that got you to this point for the most part. Yeah,
3: I, I do tend to agree. And, again, I think you, you know, you deserve to have and, – and we need it. I mean, you got to have your best defense behind you. And I still, even though last night's error notwithstanding, I do still feel like Will's the best first baseman we have uh, right now at this point. So, Drury's defense is not great. Josh Bell's defense is not great. I would love to have those guys all in the lineup. But this is what we are, you know, right now. And And, you know, again, the good news is you're going to have one of those guys coming off the bench. None of those guys are really tearing it up. I mean, at all. Like Will's got one hit, Jury's got no hits, Bell has two, two hits, something like that. I mean, it's none of those guys are. just – Will
5: has hit the ball hard, though. He, I has, get it. he has the home run. A lot of well struck outs yep. in the in the four playoff games. No question. I think he's been in three of them. So. Yep. I, I mean, I, I don't take him out of the lineup. I really no, no, don't. I do Especially don't against a lefty. No, no doubt I'd about that. I'd probably
3: go Drury in the in the DH again and Bell off the bench. I, I think it's the same, the same. Probably do the same thing. Probably the same
5: lineup as yesterday. Yeah,
3: I might move the order around, but I, I don't think the personnel changes really much at all.
5: Agree or disagree. Uh, we want to hear from you. 833-288-0973. I think tonight, though, you can get weird with, with you
3: know, um, t- tonight is you're going to manage tonight like differently than you would last night, right? So maybe in the sixth inning tonight. Maybe it's like, well, we could add on here. Maybe we move a guy over. Maybe if I don't like adding on, I don't like bunting and stuff to try to play catch up down two runs. Two runs for me is it's 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 not insurmountable. No, if but it,
5: if it's tied. If it's, it's totally tied, if, game. If, yeah, 100. Yeah,
3: yeah. So you can get a little weird tonight. I think you're going to have to do some some different type of things tonight. So we'll see uh, we'll see how it shakes out. That's not the greatest analysis. I get it, but. You know, what else are you going to do? I mean, what else can you do right now? You just got to kind of roll out there and trust that they're going to get the job done, and I think they will.
5: 833-2880-973. More calls coming up. Plus, we'll be joined by Sam Levitt, our pre- and post-game show host. He's up in L.A., was at the game last night. We'll talk to him coming up next. Live from Ail Smith Brewing, Ben and Woods continuing on until 10 o'clock this Here morning. in the
3: house. Thank you,
5: guys. On 97.3, the fan. We'll be right back. Yeah, Woodsy, he has. Good to see him, though. Yeah, uh, I love Scooby. Tier one Scooby. I think uh, like our, our best Dodger fan listener of all time is in the house. He got a big rouse, rousing boo from all boo! the Padres fans here. Boo! boo! And also, Scoob, thanks you. Thank you for being here. Yes, yeah. Thanks for being here. Also. F you. I'm sorry Sweet we you. don't have like a Justin Turner autographed bat to give away uh, for you, but I'm we do sorry. We do have a Will Myers autographed bat. Uh, we're going to give it away in our 930 segment, but you have to be here to win. Everyone here will have a chance to win that autographed bat, so you still have a chance to stop by. Uh, in the next hour and an opportunity to win coming up. Plus, Woodsy has bought free root beer barrels for anyone who comes by. I have so many. To share. Bob Melvin, his ritual of eating them five times a game, every odd-numbered inning. You can uh, eat eat along with Bob. Take five with you for tonight and eat them every odd-numbered inning. Yeah, manage
3: on Twitter along with Bob Melvin and also do what Bob Melvin does. It's almost like you're the manager. And right. I saw. Second man,
5: guess him with a root beer oh, barrel in your mouth.
3: I saw, like, uh, the hitting coaches last night were in full effect. I mean, full effect. What are we doing here? We need to, we need to barrel this guy. Really? Really? You need to barrel him. I, uh, every guy, every team that's faced that guy this year goes, yeah, I'd love to get some barrels off of Julio Arias. Oh. But it uh, was not to be. Until later.
5: Don't forget the only way to listen to your local Padres broadcasters during the playoffs. Listen to Jesse and Tony on 97.3 The Fan and streaming on the Odyssey app. They're here for you every pitch as the Padres try to bring home their first World Series. That includes pre- and post-game show action with Sam Levitt. Uh, He's going to join us from L.A. right after this check of traffic on 97.3 The Fan. All right, out we go to our premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Joined by our Padres pre- and post-game show host here on The Fan, Sam Levitt is with us he was at dodger stadium last night now sam did you ever feel like your your life was in danger at all at dodger stadium last night i mean you had adam to protect you of course oh my god can you
3: imagine those two jeez
5: <laughs> how did it go
2: last night oh it, it went well uh it was a lot of fun uh you know was just it? being there and experiencing. well well experiencing the atmosphere obviously the game didn't go the way you wanted but uh uh, it was, it was good being there and being there for the workout yesterday and, and enjoying that experience. And, uh, yes, we, Adam and I were, were sound and safe, uh, inside our booth. And, uh, yes, I, I don't think that would go well for us, to say the least.
3: I can't think of a – I'd rather have Ben as my bodyguard than Adam. If I'm being completely honest with you, I – We're feel both
5: pretty mild. I'm larger. You're so, mild, but yeah. you
3: could, like, swing your big bear paws at him, and I could run away real fast. But Adam, oh, my Lord. Uh, Sammy, so let me ask you this, man. So you've – you know, you were around the guys yesterday. It's stupid. A-Rod did it after the game. You know, let's talk about their body language. They look like they were down 10-3, to 3 and it's like – okay rod um so you're you're with the guys and, and watching the the warmups. Did they look as loose as they did in New York' Because I will say they look pretty freaking loose in New York, man, having fun playing the grab ass and and going out and winning those ball games, obviously winning cures everything, but did you did you sense any tension at all
2: i didn't i mean I, I watched them pretty closely during the workout on Monday, and I thought it was a really loose kind of quietly confident group especially considering they had come off the the flight in the late night I mean I, I thought it was really really loose and you know they were chatting and joking around during the workout and the sense I got during BP was really the same yesterday so I, I felt like they were very loose um and uh you know I, I think this is a group guys that has Really displayed, in my opinion, a, a quiet confidence all year uh, through the ups and downs, through all these different storylines and things that have happened throughout the course of the season. Um, you know, I think part of that has to do with the steadiness of Bob Melvin, what he's brought to this group. But I, I got that same sense, really the sense I've got all year. I mean, I think I've said it to you guys before when I've walked in that clubhouse at different points in the year, you can't really tell whether this team has won five straight or they've lost eight of ten I I really feel like it's been a very consistent clubhouse and very consistent group and uh, I thought Monday and and yesterday it was it was loose it was uh, a good feeling around the club
5: Sam uh, it's such a cliche to say you got to get off to a fast start you got to score first but in all four playoff games the team that has scored first in the Padres playoff games has won Uh, when the Padres scored first against the Mets they won when the Mets and Dodgers scored first, they won those games. Uh, it seemed like the Potters were able to take out the Mets crowd at Citi Field in games one and three. What was it like at Dodger Stadium the last night when Arias went one, two, three in the top of the first, and then mm-hmm. Trey Turner, homers in the bottom of the oh. first? It, it's almost like at that point, you know, they're going to be riding a high for several innings, yeah. and they did
2: after that. Yeah, the, look, the, the place was rocking. All right, in the first inning, Arias has 12 pitches in the first inning. Turner hits the home run, the second batter of the game for the Dodgers. The plays is rock, and they jump ahead 5 nothing. And admittedly, I wouldn't blame any Padres fan out there for sitting back in their chair and saying, uh-oh, here we go again. Now, you know, to the Padres' credit, when they rally for three runs in the fifth inning, you know, I, I thought they had a lot of momentum, and then they have the great scoring chance with runners on first and second, nobody out in the sixth, and can't get anything done. And you know, a little bit of bad luck from Will Myers. You know, a ball he hit 100 miles an hour off the bat turns into a double play. Um, but look, the, the uh, LA it was it was lively, it was rocking from the get go. But I'll tell you what, the the Padres bullpen did a great job responding to that with what they did in the five and the third uh, no-hit innings. They kind of took the crowd out of it. So, you know, last night, guys, I I said it on my post game last night, and I think two things can be true at once. On one hand, you lost game one. It's not the end of the world. Obviously, it puts a ton of pressure here on game two. But I I did feel, and I don't know if you guys have have agreed with it or not, I did feel like last night was a little bit of a missed opportunity because I did think when they made it 5-3, There was a lot of momentum. Then they had the scoring chance again right after that and and couldn't do anything else against that bullpen. To me, they were right in that game, and it was there for the taking, especially with what San Diego's bullpen did. So uh, hopefully we're not looking back on this series and looking at game one as a a quote-unquote mischance, but obviously it puts a a ton of pressure here on game two and on you, Darvish.
5: Okay, I will say this. Sam Levitt is with us. I... And when the series started, I always I viewed this game as the biggest obstacle for the Padres. It's the number one for the Dodgers against the number four, and then it started playing out that way. But when they got within 5-3 and they had the, the tying runs on base, it also, you're right, it felt like that was a chance to really turn the tables and change the narrative and really crush a little bit of the spirit of the Dodgers if they could have st- stolen that. So in that right. sense, I do think it was – a bit of a missed opportunity. Now, Sam, did you sense that in the post game locker room? Was there any was there any down? What was kind of the theme in there after the game uh for the Padres players that you talked to?
2: Yeah, I mean look, I mean to 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 be totally honest, Adam was down there. I was upstairs okay. uh, doing the post game. But we but we did we did play all all the audio that Adam got and, and to Adam's credit he got he got a lot of it. Um I didn't. I mean, I heard what all the guys had to say. i mean i didn't I didn't think from what I heard that uh, that it was a, a downtrodden clubhouse at all. I mean, I, I look, I think those guys are even though you want to win every game are probably thinking in line with with you know how a lot of us are thinking, which is you know get one and then come on home. and obviously it puts a lot of pressure on game two. But we played Manny's comments. we played. Will Myers comments and Austin Nola and, you know, Mike Clevenger talks about his outing. I, I didn't get that sense that they viewed it as necessarily a missed opportunity, but, you know, I think I think you get the sense that they understand what they need to do. I mean, you guys talked about it earlier with Adam, as far as what the top of the order needs to do, how critical they are. Um, you know, I, I, I think this club understands what, what's at stake here. and And, you know, guys, how, how, how perfect they need to be against this team. You know, we saw them play a really clean, for the most part, errorless brand of baseball in New York and also get terrific starting pitching in the games that they won. It's got to be the same formula in this series. They've got to pitch well in the starting rotation. Let's be honest, you, Darvish, has to be great tonight. The top of the order yesterday, I, I wrote it down here, they were a combined one for 15, the top four, Pro far, Soto Machado in the mix of Drury and Bell, um, you know they they're going to need more out of those guys. That's the bottom line, and, and to match what the Dodgers lineup is going to do at the top. So, you know, I think that's that that's the sense I got from what we heard yesterday was they they've just got to play a clean brand of baseball and get contributions up and down that lineup, just like we saw in the series in New York.
5: And, and, and you said it. I heard it from Manny Machado and a couple of the other guys. It. They have a lot of faith in you, Darvish, today, and they're counting on it. And, and, and the Padres will need you, Darvish, to be at his best again, as we've seen several times over uh, his last few starts here at the end of the season into the playoffs. Uh, if he can pitch, you know, six, seven innings like he's done and limit the Dodgers, you know, to, you know, zero, one, two runs, Padres should have a very good chance at winning this game. If you, Darvish, pitches like he did for the Dodgers in the playoffs in 2017, then quite frankly, yeah. the Padres season may be – Maybe all but over after tonight.
2: Yeah, look, i, I that's one of the storylines tonight here, guys, that I love. I love this little redemption arc type thing for you, Darvish, considering uh, he really struggled for the Dodgers in that 2017 World Series in Game 3 and Game 7 and, and faced a lot of criticism here in L.A. I love that part of it, that now he gets to go back to L.A. as a member of the Padres, you know, pitching the way he's pitching right now and has an opportunity to go get a win in, in game two, in, in the most important game of the season to this point, obviously, for the Padres. So I I, I love that part of it, that little redemption story. And look, he's not only been very good against everybody this year, but he's been pretty darn good against the Dodgers as well. I mean, the four starts so far this year against the Dodgers in the regular season, a two-five-two 2 ERA, there's nobody else you want out there aside from you in such a critical game here in game two tonight. Um, You hope he gives you a classic you outing, which would be what? Six, seven innings, maybe a run or two at most given up. And then you hope the Padres offense, um, you know, especially at the top there can produce and slug and, and grab an early lead too. You know, that's so important. I think, I mean, we, again, there's been a pretty clear formula of the Padres winning this year and it's it's rung true in the postseason too right great starting pitching solid enough bullpen work and timely hitting you know and um, we'll see if they can do that here tonight
5: all right Sam keep up the good work uh, up there in LA get back safely hopefully with a a 1-1 series split and we'll see you back at at Petco Park uh, in a couple of days
2: yes and I'll I'll be sitting in the booth uh, with my my personal protector Adam so I'm going to (laughs) be a okay (laughs)
5: Good luck.
2: Sam Levin, Padres, pre and
5: post-game show host on our Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall Chevrolet. Find new roads. And, Woods, I'm going to be like I was on uh, Friday, the first inning or two with you, Darvish, holding my breath a little bit. And he danced out of a little trouble. The Mets had some chances against him, didn't come through, and he settled in and ended up pitching a great game, and the Padres won I feel like that's going to be the same dicey first inning or two. If he can get through that, you feel pretty good about the Padres' chances tonight.
3: I mean, look at who they're running out there, their first three batters. I mean, you got one, two, probably three Hall of Famers. Like, what do we – Mookie Betts is the best leadoff hitter in the game. Trey Turner is a monster
5: uh, and Freddie and the Freeman, have two probably Hall of Famers yeah. out of their three. Three is very good, though. Three in a row is very good. And if you're, you know, you're any starting pitcher, you're like, "Whew,
3: this could get away from us and get away from us quick." I, I really have to bear down. Um, I, I love how they got handled last night. I mean, obviously Trey Turner beat you, but the other guys didn't really do much. So uh, you don't want those dudes to get hot. You, you has the ability and the stuff. It, it just, he puts so much work in to prepare for a start. He also, it's tough he just needs to go out and be him without overthinking and, and just go out and throw your nasty, nasty stuff, your 12 pitches, whatever him and Nola have been a really good combo. So yeah, I mean, I'm as confident uh, with him as I am with anybody
5: little uh, breaking news from the NFL. Uh, we talked about it yesterday and you probably saw the video of Devonte Adams of the Raiders uh, shoving that, that f- credentialed photographer yeah. as he walked off the field. Uh, Adam Schefter tweeting a few minutes ago that, uh, Raiders wide receiver Devontae Adams was charged this morning in the municipal court of Kansas City with misdemeanor assault uh, for that incident after the game. Obviously, uh, you know, suspension, fine, anything like that uh, is also facing as well from the NFL. But actually, like, legal issues. And I I saw our colleague Matt Scravey tweeting that that is ridiculous. He apologized for it. I don't know that it is. I mean, you can't just shove a guy to the ground, no matter how frustrated you are coming off the field. And even if he's in your way. He two-hands shoved a guy to the ground.
3: Yeah, you're going to – I mean, look. I mean, it's it's, not, he's not going to prison, yeah, but – I mean,
5: he's not going to – yeah. It's go,
3: he's going to stroke a check. I mean, you have to know when that happens. Like, there was somebody posted a really, really funny picture of a guy in a neck brace, and it said me after Devontae Adams pushed me. I mean, yeah, absolutely. That guy's going to get his payday. He's fine, by the way. That dude is 100% okay that was pushed. Um, but, man, look, you, you got to be careful out there. I just – we didn't even talk about it. Did you see the story about the pro surfer that got in a fight? Mm-hmm. I, and I believe it was in Australia. And a guy punched him in the face. He fell down, hit the curb, dead. Dead, forty-seven years old or something. And he's got to be careful, man. You can't you can't go around willy nilly just pushing people to the ground.
5: All right, uh, we have one more hour left at Ailsmith. We're about to give away another $25 gift card for someone who is in attendance here, and then we'll come back, we will get some headlines with our Rindle Report, uh, more preview of tonight's Padres game. Want to talk more about the bullpen usage last night as well. We'll get to all of that coming up with more. Ben and Woods from Ailsmith on 97.3 The Fan.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what?